Welcome to War and Beast, the podcast that doesn't spoil or doesn't spoil the entire series in its commentary track. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. I'm Kendall. If I sound a little bit off, I've just been in robot mode a lot lately. <laughs> That's fair. This week we are reviewing Beast Machines season one, episode three, Fires of the Past. And yes, as was mentioned earlier, Kendall is being a trooper and recording with a cold, so we appreciate it. But yeah, it's the third episode of the new series. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll be giving more of our thoughts towards the end of the the episode, but uh, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't the first two, and they're trying to establish stuff. It, I don't know, just seemed a bit different than the first two. But I, I would say that, like again, like I said off offline, but um, the animation feels different. It feels worse, but not like it's not super bad. It's just like not as good as like um the first two episodes i i cast and i was watching with her said it was like the b team animated this one <laughs> like it's not it's not terrible it, it just feels off i can't even explain what it is exactly there actually are quite a few uh animation errors mentioned in the tf wiki a few mm-hmm. times that models uh go into a low res mode and a few glitches but the thing is is that a lot of them are kind of like just for like a scene or two like flashes yeah. So they're yeah. not. So they're not. So they don't last long enough. So it's it might not just, just that though. It's it's just like the way everybody moves and like the way it's shot, the lighting. Everything's different. Like everything's a little off. Oh. I'm, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not terrible. I'm just like saying. Oh God, no, no. I wouldn't say it's terrible at all. Just no. different. I still like the episode. <laughs> I think I liked this episode a lot. I mean, yeah. I think it might. I don't know. Maybe I liked. It. I definitely liked it better than last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether it's better than the first episode or not, but, uh, I like this episode a lot. Um, actually I really, and I really enjoyed the, uh, the Viacon generals. I think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I was going to say. Yes. And <laughs> the characters are nice. And so the generals, and this is why I like them, even though they're vehicles, because it's a very, <laughs> there's a very specific thing. I figured it out. Um, okay. The reason that I generally don't like uh, Transformers that transform into vehicles is they can't emote when they're in vehicle form. Mm-hmm. Oh, so oh, that is something different. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we'll, we'll the vehicles, ha- yeah, the vehicles are definitely different from that. Like, like they basically just have their robot head that they can, you know, do whatever. Like, uh, I, th- I think that's because I, yeah. li- you know, I like, I like that in in transform in Beast Wars you can have a group of people and half of them are transformed and half of them aren't, and they can be having a conversation in, if there's a, if there's a scene where characters are talking in a, in a, in transformers where they're in, where they're turning into vehicles for the most part, they're going to be, if they're just standing around talking for the most part, they're going to be in robot mode. Yeah. Um, I think speaking that's of, kind of the difference. So speaking of talking vehicles, cause of Baca cast, I started listening to the Kino's, amazing journey or whatever that is where it's yeah. where it has a talking motorcycle and yeah it, it it is you're right it's kind of weird because sometimes they'll just go like they'll show a cut of the motorcycle talking but there's no emotion like you have to you have to listen to what's being said specifically to get any kind of context like context of audio cues or anything like that it's kind of funny and i still think like the best so far is in, in an episode that ended where the motorcycle and like are talking to some someone else and he has a dog with him and the dog talks back and the motorcycle is like, oh my God, a talking dog. 
<laughs> no, I was like, what makes that uh, out of the ordinary? Mm. So, Kendall, what did we have on IMDb this week? We had nothing on IMDb this week. Really? Yep. Huh. There, are, there are a few quotes, but there is nothing in trivia. Oh, um, wow. I did uh, listen to the commentary track uh, that they had for this episode. Uh, I think there's like one other episode that the DVD has commentary on. And this DVD commentary was like so phoned in, like, <laughs> and not and not like they called on the phone. I'm sure they recorded it in a studio, but it was like they they were like the the it was almost like tired. nobody wanted to be there. <laughs> so it sounded to me like they were, it was more like they did it at the last minute and they didn't expect that they were going to do it. Right, right. So so and yeah, because Jordan, you listen you listened to it too, but you didn't you didn't watch the interviews. Oh, I didn't watch the interviews yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they had – on the DVD extras, they had the interviews that I talked about with uh, the guy whose name I can never remember and Barv Wolfman where they Bob talked Skr. about – Is that – that's the one you always forget? Bob, Bob something? Bob, Bob Skr. Skr. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so they you had – Thanks to you having to correct it, I actually have his name memorized now. <laughs> <laughs> so they had they had those interviews where they sort of talked about uh, in, in depth the origin of the series, like the kind of the behind the scenes in the series <laughs> – uh, and, and then they, and then they recorded, I guess, episode 25, uh, but Marv Wolfman wasn't on that commentary track. And apparently they just, the, the Bob Skur and some other guy, cause there's a third guy on the commentary track. Mm-hmm. I'm the best at being prepared. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like apparently they talked about Marv Wolfman's role in the whole thing and then there were, and then they did this commentary track where they talked about Marv Wolfman's role in the whole thing. So it's like they're just covering the same ground over again. Yeah, and it does uh, have a huge, huge, huge spoiler, which is basically all they talked about during yeah. the entirety of the commentary um, was was this huge, huge spoiler for something that happens in about five episodes. Um, At least we don't have to wait too far for it. Like it's still it's still a season one thing and not like a season two thing. Yeah, yeah, but like I mean, it's still it's still a jerk ass thing to sucks. do. Well, why didn't you? In the episode where they reveal it, what? not yeah. the episode where like. <laughs> what? Yeah, why? Yeah, why not talk about it in that episode? <laughs> yeah, um, instead of five episodes before. Yeah, I yeah I don't know it 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 felt very like and they were not like referencing what was going on in the episode at all. Like it was just like nah. this random commentary track that was just very, I mean, it's fine. Like it's the, it's an episode commentary on an episode of beast machines. I mean, Jordan and I are probably the first two people ever to watch it. So <laughs> I'm sure I pretty sure someone bought some of the DVDs. So which means that they probably have heard it. I'm not sure when, but, I'm guessing that anyone who has bought the DVDs had at least, you know, contemplated listening to the commentary tracks. I, I mean, would say so. I mean, I've ne- I've never really. I mean, I've watched commentary for movies before, but I've I've never really. I mean, I guess I watched. I think there was one or two episodes of Buffy that I watched the commentary for, but like they always have commentary for like random episodes of Smallville and the Smallville DVDs <clears throat> that I have, and I never watched those. So I. I, don't know. I I remember enjoying the commentary tracks for um, Korra, but Legend of Korra. Uh-huh. I, I watched like all the commentary tracks for the, the two seasons that I have on Blu-ray, the first season and the last season, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I need to pick up the other two, but I really, I really enjoyed what listening to those commentary tracks. But uh, yeah, I don't know what these ones are like. Yeah. I, 
I think that, uh, well, it's, it's interesting listening to them because they're very, like, very, like, just kind of, uh, like, what, you want me to talk about this thing that I did 15 years ago? I don't <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, Korra is, like, a bigger show with, like, a lot of people watched it. Like, they, they had, on the, on the commentary trucks, they had, like, the animators, they had, like, the producers, they had the actors in it, like, so it was kind of, like... They actually um, talked about interesting stuff. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and and Legend of Korra is a show that is generally beloved. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's a thing, too. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's... I'm just saying, that's, all, that's the only ever experience of contracts of shows that I have is Legend of Korra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I but know yeah. I definitely enjoyed some of the commentary tracks from uh, the Robot Chicken seasons, but that's just because the even in the times when they are basically just kind of go on tangents has been kind of kind of hilarious because it's usually the people there talking on tangents is uh is uh Seth Green in that yeah oh and and the 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 uh, Austin Powers like commentary track was also a really really fun one to listen to <laughs> that probably would have had like Mike Myers and Seth Green and a few others on it. Um, I think Seth Green. Oh yeah, he was an author. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that I like, for example, like uh, Mike Myers was talking about how they had to cut a couple of scenes and stuff like that, and he felt bad for the one guy like at the beginning because he made some of the most ex- like great reaction faces to <laughs> to some of the like the the uh, physical comedy stuff that they were doing. Uh, and I think he even said like I would I would watch a like a like a five minute reel or film of him just making reaction faces. <laughs> I don't care what, I don't care what other people on the internet think. Austin Powers is awesome. Uh, let's yeah. So what's the TF wiki say, Jordan? Okay. So the TF wiki, like I said, it mentioned quite a few animation errors, but mostly just uh, besides some clipping and stuff like that, mostly when things went low res, uh, there is one animation error that I think is kind of uh, funny though. And that's that, uh, let's see, after Optimus and Cheetor break in through the glass ceiling, all the shards just vanish. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did get a bit of a Batman-esque vibe from that scene. Yeah. Like the, uh, the Tim Burton Batman movie. And then we've got a couple of continuity errors where Optimus Primal seems very insistent on Black Arachnia reverting back to beast mode, despite not knowing the reason why she should until much later in the episode. Yeah, mm. yeah, that was a weird scene. I was like, why is he? But I guess he's just he's just uh, really mad right now. Yeah, and I'm assuming like he thought that uh, for the situation, her and her beast mode was a better tactical reason, maybe. And he was just mad that she wasn't listening to her, to his orders. Yeah, I don't know. Could be. I, I mean, like, I, I mean, I guess I missed it when I watched it, but like, I didn't even. I didn't even recognize him like spouting that many orders off in the fight. And then after the fight, he's really mad that they're not listening to him. And I'm like, wait, what did you say? I don't remember. Like, <laughs> like I felt it was a really weird scene where I'm like, why is he getting mad at them beyond the fact that he's like high strong? Yeah. 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 I um, think he's just, I think he's just like totally irrational at this point. Like he's got a little bit of Megatron in him right now. He's at his wits end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why would a diagnostic drone be so grossly inaccurate when he told Megatron that his organic purging was in or was complete? He even chalks up the mistake to random residual biological right before being blasted by Megatron's extremely biological beast mode. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a difference between what is considered organic and such, depending on what mode they are in. I suppose. So I guess the fact that he can still transform just means that it's not completely purged, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know. Uh, since it's already clear that the Maximals are amnesiac, Rat Trap's claim that they would remember their missing team members is a little inaccurate. And then in parentheses, but then again, they did remember each other on the pre in on the previous episodes. Mm. So I have a theory about that. Um, okay. Yes, they didn't like. It wasn't like Optimus was running around and he'd be like, "I'm looking for Rat Trap." Like they recognized each other when they saw each other. Yeah, true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I don't really know much about amnesia, especially in robot animals. But um, I I do know something about being really drunk. And when I wake up after a night of heavy drinking and I don't really remember something happening, like I don't I don't like full on blackout, but like sometimes things are a little fuzzy. And then somebody's like, you you mooned the whole party last night. I'd be like, no, I didn't. And I'll be like, wait. Okay, yeah, and I guess I kind of remember that. It's like, yes, you or, did, Kendall. We have it on video. Or like Kendall's going to say, once I mention it, you remember it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've experienced with my mom having amnesia that one time, but it was oh, short yeah. term, so it was it isn't really the same. Okay, then we've got continuity notes. Uh, the Autobot shuttle is the same vessel that carried the Triumph Maximals off of prehistoric Earth in Nemesis Part 2. It gets a proper name here. Uh, Black Arachnia's vision seems to be set on prehistoric Earth, where she was essentially born. Sure. Uh, when Black Arachnia logs into the ship's computer, we get some brief glimpses of the Maximals in their Season 3 Beast Wars bodies. Yep. But, why were, but why were the Maximals running around in their Season 1 bodies on returning to Cybertron? Hmm. Mm. Sorry, I. no one knows about the Cobalt humming those. Sorry. Uh, anyways, Optimus is extremely distraught I... over his... The, the high-pitched whom is a in-joke among friends. I've didn't I accidentally slipped? Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry. Optimus <laughs> is distraught over his perceived failure to stop Megatron, becoming much harsher on his troops than in the past. This won't come back to bite him in, in him at all, will it? And then we get gadgets and powers. Uh, in robot mode, Black Ray can throw explosive discs of webbing, and it also mentions cheaters. Two scimitars can be hooked together and thrown like a boomerang. And we've got one Transformer reference, which is absolutely kind of a. Uh, Funny, if you ask me. A giant statue of Optimus Prime holding two golden discs stand in front of the Cybertronian archives. Writer Bob Skur claims that neither the statue nor the golden disc in his hands were mentioned in the script. However, he suggested that they were either the discs from the Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 probes, or that Optimus won them in the 2,395,989th annual Cybertronian spelling bee. <laughs> we're betting on the latter. Sure, yeah. It's <laughs> definitely where he got them. And so we have a real-world reference where Jetstorm refers to Rattrap and Black Arachnia as Beasties, a reference to the Canadian name for Beast Wars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I caught that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we get some trivia. Starting from this episode, Black Arachnia webs are green instead of blue. Mm -hmm. uh, while Megatron is looking at computer screens, text in the Predacon, in the Predacon version of Cybertronics la language appears. Among the messages are such gems as, These flowers taste funny. We are the McAminators from McMainframe. Smoke some ganja. And if you can read this, seek help. <laughs> or create a podcast. Uh, though he says it much less frequently than in Beast Wars, this episode marks the first time Megatrain utters yes. <laughs> though uh, in a much less hammy, more sinister manner than before. Yeah. And then the final uh, bit of trivia kind of goes into the the uh thing that was spoiled for uh for Kendall. 
So we'll not so, mention it. Then. Yeah, we're not going to get into that because for there's some probably listeners who might be watching it with us. Maybe for the first time, even. Yeah. Hmm. If you're watching us for the first time with us, let us know on our Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> well, that would be actually, nice. Yeah. Is, it, is it Ryan Butson uh-huh. posted on Facebook and said that he's watch he watches the he has amnesia from watching it before, and so he watches the episodes on Sundays. So he can ask yes. a question on Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Which, yeah. Thanks, which is Brian actually Bison. kind of a, yeah, it's, that's kind of a neat thing. Like get set up for, which is also why I'm, I'm trying to consistently post the question post on Mondays. So people can just be like, Oh, it's Monday. They can just like look for it and, and start asking questions. Mm-hmm. It's always good. We Consistency. Like Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, getting down to it, I suppose we should get to this episode now then. Or did we have anything left on the TF Wiki? Nope, that's that's all. I mean, unless you want me to read some of the uh, international uh, titles for it. Uh, well, since Kendall didn't have anything on IMDb, and that's normally where we get the Japanese names, sure. What's the Japanese name? Just give us the Japanese name. The Japanese name? Uh, Aino Shirushi, uh, Marks of Love. Shirushi? Shirushi. Okay, because like yeah. Silverbolt in the yeah. flashback, yeah. Hmm. And she doesn't even know who he is. She's like, "Who's that handsome wolf boy?" <laughs> there's there's two in French where it they actually one is like almost an exact uh tra- translation like les les faux de passé. I'm not yeah, sure. I always forget how the yeah. So it's like that one's actually the fires of the past. But then there's another one that they use called l'attaque du passé, which is the attack of the past. Attack hmm. of the past. Yeah. I need the past attack them in this episode exactly. <laughs> okay, Spoilers. so I, I, I want to try. I want to try to say this one though. There's the German one where it's Spur in die Vergangenheit. I guess you can count that spoiler thing that we all know about, but we're not mentioning. <laughs> Even us mentioning it is going to spoil it for some people. <laughs> Even me saying that it that it, us mentioning it is going to spoil it. Is going to give people it. enough Stop hints gonna cycle. that they're going to figure it out. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that was some of the international titles. Okay. Well, getting down to the episode, we open this episode sort of zooming through the cityscape. And we have this this box looks familiar. And I've been trying to place it. It almost reminds me of the like the box from Deep Space Nine that the prophets were held in. Looks like a takeout box, like a Chinese. Yeah, I was gonna box. say the the main body looks like Chinese takeout. My wife yeah. told me it looks like a fidget cube. Oh, that uh, could work too. Yeah. Before it's time. Um, but yeah, it's like this box with wings that's sort of floating around, and it then pans over to a large amount of tanks that are driving down the street to this building, and as it turns out, it's this giant statue of Optimus Prime holding two golden discs. Or records. record discs. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a quick cut of Black Arachnia looking around a corner at them and looking freaked out. Um, but we then cut back to the tanks as they all seem to, to take aim and just start blowing the crap out of this statue. Optimus. Yeah, it we shatters. see the head. Yeah, it shatters. We see off the head of Optimus Prime crash into the ground. Is it made of glass? <laughs> it's the way you have to wonder. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 
I just <laughs> I just want to know. I'm I'm surprised that Optimus was able to get two gold records. I mean, a lot of people a lot of people can be can be successful and make, get one gold record, but that sophomore release is is That's can be true. difficult. I mean, Optimus <laughs> brought back folk music to Cybertron, and we really enjoyed it. Okay, <laughs> what type of music would Cybertronians have carried back from Earth? Well, we definitely know it would be uh uh. Anything from the eighties for sure. Yeah. Like that, that that some of that had to you come know, back. I, I I think like they were like I saw the eighties stuff and the synth stuff. They're like, yeah, this is pretty cool, but it's just like Cybertron music. It's no big deal. And then they heard like country and folk and they're like, This is weird. I don't, I don't know who these guys are talking about farming. What's that? And they're just like <laughs> they're intrigued by this new information. And I think like, yeah, they're all like country western folk singers on Cybertron now. <laughs> or 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 was all the music on Cybertron, folk country music about riding the railroads, and why? then and then and then there was uh, no railroad to Cybertron. Yeah, I know that's why it's so weird. And <laughs> and then and then uh, Optimus brought techno and EDM music. Mm, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Maybe he brought disco. Disco. <laughs> he's got two big discs well doesn't wait doesn't oh, but doesn't uh doesn't doesn't the transformers movie take place in like 20 yes. something 2007 yes, or something yeah but they showed up on earth in 1980 so i've been like the go it's just stuff like oh it's dead don't listen to that it's like oh we kind of like it you know disco craze <laughs> he brought he brought Amer- green day's american idiot <laughs> um, the foo fighters in your honor I'm trying to think what else came out around that time oh uh, yeah, yeah that reminds me that's that 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 probably means that uh that they didn't go through like a grunge uh alt rock phase until until like much later too that's true that's true I, I know in 2007 uh nirvana was uh my was a big thing for me uh, like there was definitely like a sort of a, a, a resurgence, a an early nostalgia for early 90s at that time. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, also, uh, uh, oh, man, I had another one. Oh, OK. So so everybody on Cybertron loves the Beatles. But when Optimus came back from Cybertron, he brought them Let It Be Naked. And they were like, ah, this is all right. <laughs> I um. I gotta be honest here. I just like the uh, the image of uh, Optimus in with an acoustic guitar and a straw hat, <laughs> <laughs> like Bender's uh. secret secret desire to be a folk singer. So, singer. so do you think that Optimus spent some time uh, picking up hitchhikers, like as a truck driving across the country? And that's how he got that? exposed to that oh, to folk music. I could totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. I love it. The only hitchhikers he would pick up are the ones that had a banjo across the neck already. There used to be like a comic series where like, I was like, I just need a vacation guy. I was going to like go on a road trip around America. And then like, he, he like gets into scenarios where he has, to, I think we've had this conversation, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> we have to Transform- help people. Transformers we've had this conversation. Yeah. Well, we, where a Transformer basically goes around uh, road tripping. Yeah, no, I, that again. I'm gonna that whole bit. We put it, take it out of the episode, put it here. <laughs> oh my. Okay, so so yes, getting back the to episode. the episode at hand. Um, so Black Arachnia starts getting attacked by these tanks. We get a bit of a slow mo shot, and then she jumps up into the air. And then we've got 
Optimus and Cheetor, who were, you know, apparently what's going on is they're trying to buy Rat Trap time. They're at some sort of an uh, an archive, and Optimus is hoping that Rat Trap's going to be able to find some data so they can find out what exactly happened on Cybertron. And he's like, if there's any place left that has the has the information, it'll be here. So as there's explosions going off, we get these big double doors that open. We have Rat Trap running out and he freaks and manages to get to the others. And Optimus is like, what did you find? And he's like, yeah. nothing. He's like, it's all been erased. And they're all, you know, look, they all cheater especially has like this jaw drop and looks at Optimus and Optimus is like, all of it. Yeah. Right here is where it's like starts to get weird animation wise where it's like, I don't I don't feel like that. That would have happened. Like it's just not shot very well, and how the way move. But yeah, and like, yeah. and then and then Optimus like gets angry and like turns around, has walking towards them. His walk cycle just looks goofy. I don't know. It's just it doesn't like the first two episodes. Say what you will about the designs or whatever. It had a style to it, and it looked like the movement was really good. And the animation was really good. It's it's a downgrade for this episode. Again, I still like this episode, but animation wise. Yeah, <laughs> there there is one point because as, as you alluded to him, uh, Optimus walks out and he's like sort of in his stone cold. I'm going to mess somebody up phase and just starts absorbing yeah. all these blasts. Break, break out stone cold Steve Austin's theme music right when you say that. <laughs> just a glass shattering. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he absorbs the energy blast and then shoots it back at them. And he is just super duper pissed at this point. And Megatron to the heavens. Yes. And then we get like this. I don't know if it was like this for, for you guys as well, but it sort of got a bit choppy in the animation here when Optimus is sort of writhing around a bit. And then he. Yeah, it did. I'm assuming because of his anger, he transforms back into his gorilla mode because he's so angry at this point. Mm hmm. And then yeah. we cut to to Megatron, who's watching. And he seems to be taking a, a bit of pleasure in that, in knowing that you know they tried to get some answers and wound up finding another dead end because of it. But you know what? He's got someone to put it out on because he's got a new hire. It's a three four free guilty spark from Halo series. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> he, he he dressed a bit differently though because uh, he's no, got he's some wings and hands. Hand, oh, he's actually yeah. got hands now. He's able to hold stuff. Yeah, crazy. Um, still a bit snarky though. Who is this? Like seriously though, who is this guy? Like it, it, like the last episode, he's like, I am the one thinking mine on his planet, and now he's got a secretary, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a little weird because I mean it has a personality. Yeah. But I'm assuming it doesn't have a spark. I'm yeah, I'm assuming it is just a simple servitor programming. No, I said and... he's guilty spark, guys. He has a spark, okay? Okay. <laughs> it's just a guilty spark. Yeah. Which which is uh, totally different from a normal spark, and why they he's snarky? Yeah, that works. I, I think he does have a spark. I think Megatron was like, God, I'm tired of thinking so much. I'll make a, I'm gonna make a slave, and then you know, he grabs a spark and makes a slave, and then that's why he's so willing to get the generals too, because he's like, you know, he's he's obviously compromising, <laughs> but he's already. You know, he's already imperfect. Like, mm -hmm. you know, once once he takes out the you know, once he takes out this threat, then he'll he'll kill all his friends. But until then, like, <laughs> there's going to be some things are necessary. 
Sure, sure. Well, I was going to say, like, it could just be, like I said, a simple servitor program that put into the diagnostic <laughs> droid. Because if there's anything that I have learned from cartoons is that any robot servitor will always be snarky to you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, that are extremely depressed. Yes. Yeah. If you want the sniveling ones, you got to get a human one like snively from <laughs> from, from, from S- Sonic's attack. I mentioned it again. So similar. <laughs> But uh, so this little servant bot uh, says that they've gotten rid of all traces of Megatron's organic. Oh, uh, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Snively's an overlander on a human. I should mention that. People will tell me. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have an active enough uh, listenership to be that nitpicky. I know. I was making a joke. <laughs> um, we do get a... Uh, it sort of cuts to one of the screens that's surrounding Megatron, and we see a scene from last episode of Megatron in this dragon form. Not just one scene. The, the, the servitor brings up like a bunch of them. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. On one. Being a bit of a dick. Yeah. It's like, see, you won't have this problem again. And then shows the scene like seven times in front of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We then uh, cut back to the tanks as uh Optimus has this really angry look on his face. We've got Cheetor using his swords to block a bunch of shots. Then, as was mentioned earlier, he he sort of connects them together at the base of the hilts and throws it. It sort of spins like a boomerang and comes back boomerang to Boomerang blade! Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Cheetor s- sort of has like this sort of badass look on his face as the swords come back to his hand. Uh, Black Arachnia is in the midst of attacking another tank and Optimus orders her to, to fall back. Uh, she gets shot off the tank that she was shocking, which seems to trigger this vision for her as she's yeah, when sort she of lands. Yeah. Yes. It's almost okay. like she hit her head, which was kind of concerning to me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he was giving orders. Though. I just didn't notice it the first time I watched it, I guess. <laughs> but uh, she's sort of floating through this forest. We have, some feathers that are floating in the foreground as she lands. She's looking around and she hears something as the ground beneath her starts to crack and, and split open. That's another weird thing about this episode is that Black Arachnid keeps making these weird mouth sounds like constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't know what their deal is, but it's 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 amusing. So she She was humming smash mouth under her not under her breath. <laughs> Mouth sounds. I get you. Good <laughs> <laughs> job, Jordan. A plus two. Mike from last episode would appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Black Arachnia falls into this giant or growing crack in the ground and screams a bit, and we see this black figure that sort of zooms in from off screen, then up towards her, and it's. Uh, sort of like the there's a light coming from underneath that sort of shadows him a bit, um, but you can definitely tell that it's uh, Silverbolt from Beast Wars. Yeah, and as, l- as long as you know who who that is, that is. Yes, I mean, um, and we hear we hear him say Black Arachnia, and just as they're about to sort of connect, it it uh, we the camera cuts. To the two of them sort of spinning chest to chest, and then we get a flash, and we see Cheetor is carrying her. Uh, he manages to run around a building, and she's like, am, am I offline? And he's like, not if I can help it. 
<laughs> Try to be the hero. And, and upcoming here is an animation thing I do like. I like um, if I could just like say like uh, Optimus starts like kind of running away from the tank stuff and he runs up a building and it does this like comic panel thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, was I thought say, that that's was a neat. new thing they added that yeah. they didn't do in the other episodes. Yeah, it was kind of cool because the bottom panel we have the we see the 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 blasters from the tank shooting. In the upper panel, we've got Optimus sort of scaling along this. I'm assuming it's like a tower of some sort. Yeah, some tower or building. Yeah, and so he he manages to get to the top, and it starts toppling, and he leaps off as the tower comes crashing down on a bunch of these tanks. And we then cut back to Megatron, who's angry as all of his screens go sort of, you know, snowy and Canada's fuzzy, and he starts flipping out. And we get a read of what happened last episode where a bunch of the cores start popping off the back of his head and the mask flips up. He's like, and then sure enough, he transforms back into his dragon mode. So as his uh, guilty spark says, oh, uh, apparently we didn't get rid of all the organic material, I guess. And then Megatron shoots him. And I would have thought he would have been destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. I but, thought he was. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess he's dead now. So I don't know if he's, he's not dead. a scratch. Yeah. Well, he's well, a little, he's a bit a little charred, but a little, yeah, a little. He's marks. singed for one scene and then it's gone. Yeah. That was also an animation well, yeah, error. A, it's no, it's no. He's not he, not a scratch. The 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 scorch marks are that was like that's just like from other stuff. Okay. <laughs> that's like you know the dust from the shrapnel or something i don't i don't know uh-huh. how i don't know how explosions so the work. fireball was made was made of ash and he just had to dust it off so, yeah basically something like that yeah he was covered in ash for some reason but he wasn't hurt yeah but yeah so megatron manages to to transform back into his robot mode so apparently his wings change from when he goes from dragon mode to robot mode cuz in dragon mode they look like tattered wings and then when he goes back to robot mode, they almost become those ribbons again. Yeah, it, I want to say they almost look like bands from like if anybody's familiar with Archangel from the X-Men series, it almost yeah. looks sort of like those those types of wings, almost like banded metal as yeah. it wraps around him to be like a cloak or a cape or something like that. And yeah, uh, I, I was going to say that um, the. Like I said, the TF Wiki mentioned a lot of animation errors. They do actually kind of go into detail about uh, Megatron's models there, but they mentioned that they probably were still working on it, and which is also another reason why this is done in shadow or black silhouette instead yeah. of actually seeing him transform back or forth. Yeah. So Megatron manages to to get himself back into his like little helmet harness thing. And he's looking at screens that are showing the four Maximals. And he's like, I have hundreds and thousands of drones, yet I can't beat these four beasts. And he's like, what, what is so different? And, and you know, I'm just going to refer to it as Guilty Spark from here on in. Uh, <laughs> Guilty Spark says free will. <laughs> then doesn't it like cower because he thinks he's yeah it cowers a little bit because megatron brings up his gun hand and he's like and then megatron seems to you know be like hmm maybe he has a point so as he mentions that we then pan off the this because he's sort of on like a floating platform i guess and 
we we pan off the platform and it's quite a ways down, but the floor starts to illuminate and it looks of shots all of all yeah. of in a circle pattern of the floor because the floor yes. is a circle as well. Yeah. And up from it springs three sort of canisters on these little wires that push it up. The the canisters reach the top, then open, sort of pop open, and we get three sparks popping out. And they approach Megatron. And he's like, "Is I'm trying to remember, is this where he says yes? I think? I think it was. It's hard to remember because I have to have the sound off while watching the episode. Yeah, same here. Um... But yes, so so he has these three sparks in front of him. So obviously this is something nefarious. It also um, implies that he has a lot of sparks in storage. Yes, which sort of goes against what was what yeah. he sort of said last episode, and that they were all gone. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about Megatron? Progeny of a leader of the Decepticons is a is a liar? I know, shocking as that is. I might need a minute to like process this. I don't mean to blow your mind, but feel a little betrayed right now. <laughs> Hurt. How could he? God. I knew he was evil, but I thought he was an honest evil dude. Yeah. I mean, we know that the Maximals are racist, but you know, at least we thought we knew where we stood with them. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we cut back to the Maximals, who are in sort of the underground ruins of a city, I guess. They found a new base. It's never been clear. I could, yeah. could not tell you what it was. But we've got um, Optimus, you know, chastising the rest of the teams, calling them sloppy. And he's sort of, you know, picking them apart a bit. And he gets out after Black Arachnia for, you know... Rat Trap mutters Zen Master more like Taskmaster. Yes. And uh, we then sort of zoom in on Black Arachnia. She's having another one of her visions. We see the silhouette of, of uh, Silverbolt calling out to her. And then it flashes back as Optimus is like, Black Arachnia, are you paying attention to what I'm saying? And she, you know, is sort of still spaced out a bit. Rat Trap's still being a bit mouthy, really. <laughs> Um, Optimus, of course, is not taking lip from anybody, and he's still angry yet. So as he gets angrier, it's like he gets shocked. Yeah, I I thought that was weird, too. Like, maybe they were trying to indicate that just because he's gained, like, way, way over emotional. Like, he's he's yeah. really losing balance and whatever, that the forms are, are kind of like rejecting them. Like they are, the, the forms themselves are based on having at least some semblance of a balance mm -hmm. and pushing too much to an extreme will push back against you. Yeah, like that's the only sense. thing I could think of. Yeah. Or he has high blood pressure. Well, yeah. That could be, be too, too. Yeah. Cause I mean, he is techno organic now. Mm. So yeah, he gets zapped a little bit. Um, he, you know, sort of makes, a comment to infer that he's blaming himself for the loss of the entire population of transformers and that he's, you know, wanting to try and make sure that he tries to fix it by whatever means necessary, which, you know, seems pretty extreme for him. Um, Cheetor goes in Optimus sort of, you know, skulks off and Cheetor goes after him. 
Rad Trap is, you know, asking why Black Arachnia is staying in robot mode because Optimus was asking her. She says, I have my reasons and, you know, sort of goes off. And from here, we then cut to above ground again. And we have it's sort of what it turned out to be is like a, a sort of a, a transformer spaceport. I think it's supposed to be like the main spaceport for the planet, if I remember correctly. Or at least one for the for the immediate area. Yeah. Um, we have Black Arachnia who is infiltrating and, and sneaking around, you know, going from shadow to shadow, sort of skulking around, looking for something. We don't know what exactly. And then she's looking for a ship. She hears something and come to find out Rat Trap followed her and went through a manhole cover. Yeah, she's like, how did you get here before me? And he's like, you should have taken the sewers. Although, didn't smell great. Yeah, not good on the nose, but much quicker. Yeah. But yeah, so she doesn't look impressed. And Rattrap is wondering what she's doing there. So it's I'm trying to remember, does she explain now that I think she does? And that obviously they came in on a sh- She remembers that they came in on a ship. No, she doesn't play it yet because she's like, Rattrap's like, yo, you got to you got to like. Let me in. I'm going to rat you out to the big cheese. Oh, yes, that's right. It's rat puns. Yeah. And just as they're just as he, you know, makes those puns, we then cut to three vehicons that are coming in their direction. Uh, One tank, one bike and a plane. And we then would have cut to commercial. And once we cut back, blocking racking is like, oh, three vehicons. This is going to be nothing. Sort of, you know, takes a battle ready stance. The three of them stop and the jet transforms and starts talking. And we're like, actually a scene where they, where sparks pop out. Like they kind of taunt them with them. Yeah. They, um, as come to uh, find out that spark thing is weird. Like they can just bring their sparks out of their body and show them off. Mm. That doesn't really like. Uh, that's just kind of weird. I was like saying it's that in Castle. Like, maybe it's metaphorical. And I'm like, well, then what are they doing in this scene? Like, they're not like, it really looks like they're trying to show them like, yeah, look at what we, what we got. But it just it's just really weird for them to be able to float it out of their body like that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially given what we know of Transformers Anatomy, that sparks don't normally just float out of bodies. So... Um- at least not maybe the, maybe the was, vehicons are different, but like, I don't yeah, know. that's possible. I was going to say, like, we also know that they have a watery chamber that a little thing can swim through. Yeah, that's and, true. So we might want to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, so we're introduced to these three vehicon generals. Uh, the tank is aptly named Tankor. Uh, the, the bike is named Thrust and the jet is, his name is Jetstorm, isn't it? Yes, Jetstorm. Yeah. So the Jetstorm is... Is it Jetstorm or Jetstream? No, it's uh-huh. Jetstorm. Yeah, it's uh-huh. Jetstorm. Um, Jetstorm is really, really cocky. He's a bit psychopathic. Yeah. Um, Thrust And by is... psychopathic, I mean he's enjoying what he's doing. He almost sounds oh, like yeah. a game show host. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, it's one of those kind of kind of those kind of evils that like they know they're evil and they're going to have fun doing evil gosh darn yeah. it um tankor sounds like a sort of mindless brute i guess you could say almost like a hulk in a way hulk uh, smash. Like, yeah tankor smash um 
and Thrust is sort of Call, sounds, called it Clint Clint Eastwood, James Dean, yeah, kind of thing. sort of like that. And funnily enough, the the voice actor who does Thrust is also the voice actor who did Inferno and Beast Wars. Ah, interesting. I did. And I got to the part where they all have different transformation codes, which is kind of weird. Uh, well, there's a bit of banter banter initially. And then they start firing, and once the Maxwells start running away, they do transform back into their vehicle modes, and they, yeah, they each have their yeah. own specific code. Yeah, like Jets, during the banner, Jetstorm gets like a, a good line where when the, when Blackrack, he says, this won't be any trouble at all, and Jetstorm's like, well, there's three problems with, with that. It's like, one, uh, we have Sparks. Uh, what was it, like? Oh, I forget what the third like what it was, but like, and then the third one is like, trouble was my middle name, and and that's when they do the activation codes and chase after them. Yeah, yeah, because Tankor is uh is pulverized. Jetstorm is uh, uh, was it Afterburn? I think it was Afterburn. Yeah, and Thrust is Overdrive. So rather than terrorize or maximize, we have those three specific sort of activation codes for for them for their vehicle modes um as they're oh, sorry to interrupt i just yeah. i double checked on the wiki because they put that quote there and oh. it says it just forms like one we're not drones two we're not mindless and three problems my middle name with the tagline bracarachnia is introduced to jet problem storm and the new vehicon <laughs> <laughs> jet problem storm perfect um oh and, and um that that's what that's why you couldn't remember all three of them because the first two were the same thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during the attack, uh, Rattrap and Black Arachnia try and, and run under a ship, but the the attack sort of like knocks parts of it off as it falls over. Yeah, they break the landing gear. Yeah. And so, you know, Black Arachnia jumps out of the way. The Viacons transform and pursue. And so... Black Arachnia actually is she's forced to turn back into a spider. And I'm not exactly sure why. Because she's scurred. Eh, I suppose. <laughs> that could work. Um, and yeah, my microphone's insane. back on. Yay. I was talking to you guys for like the last five minutes. Oh no. But since oh, I no. stepped away, my microphone wasn't on. <laughs> oh no. That's going to be interesting for the- <laughs> uh, No, it didn't pick it up. The microphone wasn't on, so it didn't pick me up. Yeah. Oh. So I'll never know what Kendall said. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, basically, I remembered the quote before Jordan looked it up. That's, oh, the, only, that's no. the only major thing. Aw, that would have been helpful earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you may proceed. Okay. So, so Kendall, this is this is the part that probably you had mentioned earlier that you were actually kind of fond of, uh, because we get a scene where Jetstorm is chasing after Black Rachnia, and the sort of like the cockpit portion of the jet is moving around like a head uh-huh he's and, moving around like he's pterosaur yeah and, yeah and, and part of the the cockpit lights up when he's talking mm-hmm. so you know it, it's much more emotive and expressive and we get the comic panels again yeah and with like the the speed lines in the background it really does it really looks very comic booky Mm-hmm. Also, I love Black Reckoning as Run Cycle as a Spider. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, thrust as well, like his head is sort of like the seat of the bike in bike mode. Yes. Yeah, like we we didn't sit on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Strap. We didn't we didn't mention before, but the tank <laughs> and bike vehicons, when they transform, their heads kind of 
fall into like the middle. So they're mm-hmm. kind of just like still able to drive around looking with their heads. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's only the hmm? no go Kendall. It's uh, it's, it's kind of nice there. Cause they're clearly not, you know, trying to be, I mean, yes, we did. It's a bike, a plane and a tank, but like, it's not like literally supposed to look like an F-15 fighter jet or a, Harley Davidson motorcycle or a, you know, like it's not specifically supposed yeah. to look like a specific vehicle. It's just sort of yeah. vaguely. Um, it's very Cybertronian-esque in design. Which is which is how Optimal Optimus was. Uh-huh. But I like it here. Uh-huh. Like I Maybe almost, because they only have, well, at most three forms. Optimus was supposed to be multiple forms. Yeah. I, and the more forms you get, the more they kind of have to tack on. Yeah, I I almost I mean yeah that might be part of the problem. I almost wonder if I would have liked Optimal Optimus better in this setting because I also think that the Viacons work particularly well in this setting. Hmm. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Well, and, they, and they, yeah, the Viacons work in a the setting they support the whole overall theme of technology versus nature and like yeah they they they're different. They kind of work and they're yeah. drones like a lot of them. There's only three mm-hmm. generals and then the rest of them are just like mindless. Yeah, because so at this point, we've got um, Black Arachne is getting chased by Thrust and Jetstorm and Rattrop's getting chased by Tankor. And he Rattrop's trying to take some cover behind some some crates, which Tankor then proceeds to, you know, blow the hell up Yeah, <laughs> and starts approaching Rattrap as he's, you know, sort of dead to rights. And but Rattrap starts running around Tankor as he shoots at him and. So what winds up happening is there's other crates that Tankor hits and they fall on top of him and Rattrap manages to, to get away. Meanwhile, we've got Black Arachnia who is still in her spider mode and decides to try and web up Jetstorm. She su- shoots some web um, out of her backside and it, it, I mean, it hits Jetstorm, but instead of like gunking him up or anything, it just sort of makes this line of spider web that he just flies with and is dragging her along for the ride. Yeah. And he's like spinning around, making her dizzy. And eventually he flies by this tower and snips the line and we see her go flying. Uh, but she manages to to land sort of on top of, of rat trap, like sort of catches herself and stops herself before she actually crashes into him. Yeah. And Jetstorm's taunting her and mouthing off a mile a minute oh, the entire yeah. time. Tankor, like we said, he's pretty one, like, you know, pretty calm, but he is, or I mean, very not as wordy, but yeah. he is still shouting like smash, destroy kind of stuff. Yeah. Like the only one who's been quiet is, is, uh, Thrust. Yeah. yeah Cause like, cause Tankor is the big brute. Yeah. Uh, Thrust is a cool guy and Jetstorm is like, the, the mouthy one? one, yeah, the cocky yeah. one, the mouthy one, like, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, it works. Uh, it's a good, they're a good trio. I think Thrust <laughs> is my favorite. That's I. That's interesting because Thrust is my least favorite. Jetstorm is my favorite. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, I, I can see why Thrust would be least interesting because he's like he doesn't talk a lot of stuff. I don't know. I just like him. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kendall, what did you think of the the fact that the voice actor for Inferno from Beast Wars also voices Thrust? Oh, because you didn't hear my response to that. No, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> your mic was off, unfortunately. Um, no, it, it's it's cool. I'm actually, I mean, I actually was going to look up these voice actors to see if they were other stuff. Um, <laughs> I recognize Tankor. 
I recognized, I definitely recognized uh, Jet Jetstream. Is that his name? Jetstorm. Jet not, not Starscream. No, um, not Starscream. Uh, I definitely recognize not Starscream's voice, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's just because he sounds kind of like Billy West, and it, but it's not Billy West. You know what? I am curious. I'm gonna look this up right now. I said he sounds like a game show host or an ad guy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. game show host is definitely the vibe that I got with uh, with that character there. Uh, let's take a look here. Do, 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 do. So yeah, Jim Burns was Thrust, who is also Inferno and Beast Wars. Uh, Brian Drummond is Jet Storm. I've heard that name somewhere before. Well, he's Vegeta in Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Oh. Yeah, in the Canadian dub. Okay. <laughs> um, Goku and Vegeta in the same show. Yeah. Huh, he, he was uh, Death Marquis on Gundam Wing as Piccolo. well. Piccolo's yes. I'm trying to pull up some more memorable roles. Oh, I fucking love Zax. <laughs> Let's see. He was on the here. Bionicle series too, by the way. Okay. Oh, I yeah, that's Bionicle, right. But okay. That and he was in Ninjago. He played Wolverine in the Wolverine versus Sabretooth miniseries. Oh, now I know where I heard the name Brian Drummer. He's Carrot Cake. He's Mr. Cake, uh, a very recurring character on um, ML, uh, My Little Pony's Friendship is Magic. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it looks like yeah. he's, he's done the Wolverine voice a handful of times. Yes. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Trying to find some other stuff here. Or Stephen Bloom was Wolverine and everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just fine. He's a good Wolverine, but... But yes, he's done a lot. I'm like scrolling through. He has done a lot of stuff. Um, but yes, and then we had Paul Dobson who did Tankor. And Paul Dobson, just taking a look I feel here. Like he's been in a ton of things. He's got that voice, you know. Uh, he's been in Ninjago Masters of Spinjitsu. He was in Ranma One Half. Oh, yeah. uh, and he was in Chappie, like the movie Chappie. Let's see hmm. what else has he done? Yes. Who was he in Ron One Half? This is our actress actress spotlight. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. See, I should have done this for the Kendall Reads IMDb because that's all oh. we're doing is reading IMDb. But alas, I have become mm-hmm. irrelevant. <laughs> you guys all discovered IMDb. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, uh, mentions he was in the way Matrix to get to he, he was Haposai. Oh, Haposai. <laughs> yeah, Haposai. Yeah. Um, or otherwise, I'm just happy. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know did you guys some... could actually go to IMDb. I thought that was a secret place that Kendall only knew the way to. <laughs> I'm using the TF wiki, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, the, it looks like they had quite a few um, like character actors that we would have known from from other like anime and cartoon. Um, this particular one, he was also like Zarbon, Dodoria, and Doctor Brief in oh, Dragon Ball as well. Huh. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a little actor show. spotlight. Yeah, um, voice, voiceover actors are kind of like British actors. There's like eight of them that do everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's a very limited amount that kind of just get put in everything. Yeah. Um, so we have Black Arachnia and Rat Trap who are still running away from the Viacons, uh, and they s- sort of hide themselves away in some pipes and continue running on towards the uh, 
the spaceport and none of the vehicles are able to to pick them up like they're running scans and they can't pick them up apparently yep which we'll find out later yeah, at least something I, I like a lot and I, yeah. I, yeah i'll say what i want to say about it then uh, so we then cut back to, to Rat Trap and Black Rackney who have made it inside and we have them sort of approaching this terminal and Black Arachnia transforms back into her robot mode in order to access the the terminal and she's going to find out where their ship is that they would have crashed on or that they would have you know come to Cybertron on. Rat Trap is like, you know, skeptical. He's like, well, why are you looking for that? And she's like, because there should be backup data tracks in the ship. So that way they can figure out what was going on and hopefully, you know, find out what else happened on the planet. She manages to find the ship. And as she does, we then cut it back outside and we've got uh, Jess Storm, who then detects an, a maximal energy signature and starts zooming back towards the spaceport. Now, when we cut back inside, uh, one thing that Black Arachnia notices is there it detects that there was six energy signatures of Maximals inside the ship. And Ratchet's like, six? He's like, I don't remember the other two. Yeah, there was only the four of us. Yeah. And Black Arachnia is trying to figure it out as well. And she has another flash, like an- another flashback. Um, and it calls her voice again. And she's like, well, I need to find the ship. And she goes and accesses the computer. It starts to identify where the ship is located. And just as it pinpoints where the ship is, the computer glitches out and deactivates and we have an explosion. And sure enough, Jetstorm has found them. And he says, how, so, how appropriate the place you're at is, is, uh, is the condition you are about to be in yeah, terminal terminal. Yeah, such a bad force joke. I know. So, uh, so forced. <laughs> That's okay. Ever to well get through it. That's okay. It's Jetstorm. He's allowed to make those kinds of jokes. No, I know. That's it's the kind of character I, I love how bad it is. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> so, point of order. Uh, the When they left at the end of Beast Wars, it was just the six of them in Megatron, right? Yes. Yeah. Because uh, Rampage died and Tigerhawk died. And yeah. I feel like I'm forgetting other people. Because there were like 37 characters on that show by you the said, end. You said, you said Rampage, but I you meant Depth Charge. Yeah, the well, one that's not you... Rampage. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you were just saying in general. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Rampage was the Maximal. <laughs> he was a Maximal experiment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because Rampage died, Quicksilver died, Inferno died. Waspinator, we don't know what happened to. Um, Quick Strike. Well, Quicksilver. The last thing we saw was yeah. that he was on on the planet, though. So he yes. didn't go with them. But when and it was, yeah, like at the end, it was those six, right? Yes. Like, okay. Yes. Yeah. I was making sure that they didn't randomly delete a character that I had also forgotten about. Oh. <laughs> kind of funny if we just all forgot. <laughs> we back, like, oh, what? What the heck? Well, the Sporky's here. The interesting <laughs> thing is, I know that I watched some of this as a kid. Like, I have no memory of it, so I didn't watch that much of it. And I did watch the end of Beast Wars. Like the very, you know, the very, I do distinctly remember like the last episode or two of Beast Wars, mm-hmm. but I, until we did the show, I did not remember Silverbolt at all. Oh, uh-huh. I, I did not remember him existing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did, but yeah, it was Jordan's yeah. favorite character. Sure. Yeah. I feel so bad. Uh, yeah. He's not, not, it's okay. Not he's not, not my favorite character. Or anything. Like, I mean, I can, it's 
like I said, like people uh, latch on to different things. So, right, yeah. buddy, buddy, it'll be okay. <laughs> You're okay, dude. His memory so, will so, live on. Silver Bolt's okay. He'll be all right. Or will he? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. So yeah, yes, in the context of a show, we don't know, but yeah. yeah. Um. So we cut back from what would have been an, another commercial break. And we've got Jetstorm attacking Rat Trap and Block Rachnia. They leap off this platform that they're on. And this is the first instance we get of Block Arachnia using her sort of web bombs, I guess you could say. It's like a like a hex thing that she throws. Yeah. It's like composed of a web. She tosses it, it hits Jetstorm, and it wraps him up in a web. Yeah, these and she makes like some walls with them later. They're interesting. Yeah. Like they're kind of out of nowhere, but it's only the third episode, and we just got these forms, so sure. Yeah, we, we, can, we can introduce new stuff now, and it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And we have Tankor and Thrust who bust through a couple more walls, and they start chasing after the the pair of Rat Trap and Black Arachne. And I thought we were gonna get like a Scooby Doo sort of scene, <laughs> where they're sort of all running through different places, and then they get chased or something. But no, uh, Tankor and Thrust sort of you know go in separate directions. Black Arachne takes another one of her web bombs. And tosses it across an opening, and it creates like a bun- like this line of webbing, like all shaped in that sort of hex shape. And Thrust just you know clotheslines himself from it. <laughs> so at this point, we're just in reboot now. Like pretty much, it's it's not even. This okay, is not reboot. physical space. This is actually that's why they all have their <laughs> memories erased and stuff. They're actually it's a it's like a Matrix style. They're all strapped to their <laughs> to. The, they're all strapped in chairs. Yeah. That's probably why they were in their G1 bodies or G1 season one bodies. Generation <laughs> <laughs> one of Beast Wars. Sure. <laughs> I, I got, I wanted to mention that I do kind of like how when Tankor King blasting in, he, he had changed out his, his hands for buzzsaws to be more deadly. Yes. That did look rather menacing. Good work, Tankor. Yeah. Plus. Damn it, I want to say something I can't say now that you mentioned that, Jordan. <laughs> I, I didn't catch it. Do Beast Machines bleed? I don't think we've seen any of them bleeding. Because they look a lot like... Even in, their ro- even in their robot forms, they look more organic yeah. than, they, than they ever have. Mm-hmm. So, like, like I, I wouldn't imagine that one of the, the old forms, like season, season one forms, would bleed because it like it looks too much like a robot with just a covering on it. Yeah. Well, this looks like they're not really yeah. Like Black Arachnia looks like she could be an organic creature, like, like yeah, she's an insectoid alien. Like she doesn't even look like a transformer, really. Um, and so like, it kind of feels like are they just organic? Like are they, do they have muscles and stuff and skin in both forms? Like. How much of them is like organic or not? And it just made me think of that. I don't know. It's in my head. I'm like, well, can they bleed? It's a, it's a good question. It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe somebody well, out there can tell us. Something to keep an eye on the series. See if we yeah. get more information. It's very yeah. philosophical. Mm. <laughs> can Transformers bleed? <laughs> I don't even know what got me on that topic. I don't remember. <laughs> Let's well, continue. <laughs> it's a good question, though. Um, we we get Tagor who um so after Black Arachnia oh, gets thrust clotheslined. That's the bus saw. Uh, I thought of it. Yeah. 
So Tankor's approaching her, and she manages to charge up her electricity blast and, and sort of zaps him, and he goes flipping over her and is, you know, sort of knocked unconscious, I guess you could say, which allows both Chi and Rat Trap to make an escape. She um, breaks, like, this grating. Mm-hmm. And smacks Rat Trap yeah. on the ass to get through <laughs> and then follows him down this slide and they drop into like this conveyor belt. Um, Rat Trap then uses his tail and is like, uh, I'm done. I'm not going to get shot at anymore. Thanks. And yeah. he's going back to base. Yeah, he's going to go back to base. Black Arachne is like, oh, fine. She's like, well, I need answers. I need to figure out what's going on here. And they have a little exchange and. You know, she's like, fine, you go. It's almost like R2 and C3PO. She's like, well, fine, you go your way. I'm going this way. And mm-hmm. and she what like, what does she say at the end? Yeah, she's or, something that and he goes like something about like you're she makes fun of him somehow. And he goes like, that's right or something. And he goes, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, <laughs> I resemble that remark. Yes. We don't remember what the remark was. So that's not that great. R- right. The, the timing on that <laughs> joke is not very good. Yeah. Um, so we then cut to, to Rat Trap, who's running through these vents, and he hears the Viacons as they're sort of talking. He gets the impression that they've sort of stumbled upon him. And he immediately gives up. Yeah. He's like, I, I surrender. <laughs> and I actually, hang on. I got one more thing to say about that bad Rat Trap joke a second ago. Yeah. So there are a couple yeah. of moments in this episode. That's the one that, like, glaringly sticks out at me that are like this is really clearly written by marv wolfman because <laughs> marv wolfman is an old guy and he's kind of he, every time i mean i've i've heard him speak uh once or twice i think i saw him at a comic convention once and and the way that he the awkward way that he talks in the commentary for the dvds jordan is yeah is exactly how he always talks and oh. you can just you can just kind of tell that he's the you know he's an old uh, I assume Jewish that the like Jewish stereotype type, but he's the like kind of comedian thing, kind of yeah, kind of. But he's a, you know he's a comic writer, he's not a comedian, so he's kind of got oh. that like he's like kind of dorky about his sense of humor. And there's just a hmm. few rat trap lines in here that are like very clearly like this is just Marv Wolfman talking like Marv Wolfman, <laughs> and I, I felt like that was I think I felt like I resemble that remark was very much was very much that and i'm not that's not even a criticism it's just like sort of an observation and a you know and it's a goofy little thing and it it makes sense because rat trap is also an old jewish person (laughs) he's from space new york (laughs) uh by the way i i I was able to track down what black arachne says she's basically says i don't need an incompetent rat uh slowing me down oh yes and he's like that's right wait <laughs> and then he says i was and then she runs off and he says i resemble that remark mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. the timing is really bad but that's okay yeah <laughs> yeah but as it turns out they aren't talking about him they have detected black arachnia and they transform and start heading down this hallway in the direction she is and rat trap's like oh thank god he's like they didn't detect me that's weird what's the difference and then he realizes oh wait i'm in robot mode she's oh, no. in i'm, in beast, or, I'm mode. in beast mode she's in robot mode and he's like 
oh crap i gotta go tell her <laughs> yeah and like this is again like one of the best things about season one of beast wars was that whole like um plot contrivance energon to, yes. the energon thing that, that, that made it so that there was a reason for them to stay on their beast mode most of the time mm-hmm. and in that it was the energon this it's like they're invisible to the scanners if they're in beast mode which is a huge advantage for them so like not being caught and all that so it gives them a very good reason to be in the beast modes a lot of the time. And, that, and I like that. It especially works well because it's also that you have to be super focused to be in robot mode. So mm-hmm, there's, there's mm-hmm. it's not, so they won't just use the same over and over and over again, you know, as much as I like the Energon stuff in season one, uh, like it, the reason they got rid of it is that it would have gotten repetitive. Mm-hmm. So, so this this way it's sort of they can kind of go back and forth and use both use both plot devices. Yeah. Yeah, and um it's it's kind of it just feels like a return to form of season 1 and it's welcome. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. So, we we then cut to the vehicles as they're traveling towards this rather large building uh off in the distance and we sort of pan down and we've got rat trap running underneath in this service tunnel. Uh, like I got to tell her that what's going on. Otherwise she's going to get caught. Um, and we have uh jet storm who's radioing to Megatron to let him know that, you know, they're going to have black arachne and where they're heading. Um, we then cut to her as she enters the building and then sees the Autobot shuttle for the first time since they have made it back to Cybertron. It looks pretty shot up at this point. It's got some holes in it as it pans around a little. We then cut. Did we, did we mention that, that she said they were shot at when they came in? Oh, I did not mention that. Yeah. yeah. That, that she was mentions where... that they were that. Yes. When she looked up the information on the ship, it reports that they were shot down by, by Cybertronian security. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Rattrap and... was like, well, why did they shoot us down? He's like, oh, you know, that was awful mean of them and that's when he then was like hey wait wait what you said six and that's yeah. when they get that little thing there too yes mm-hmm. it's a little detail we missed but it's probably an important one yeah yeah um so from here we we have megatron we, it sort of cuts to megatron who radios to the vehicons to halt and not to to attack and they all just sort of transform he's like uh say what now and Megatron is like, when she accesses the data in the ship, I'm going to access her brain and find out where the maximal base is. In other words, Megatron follows the fourth and fifth laws of robotics here. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that definitely should have been something that was, I mean, not internal, but like he could have. like He didn't need to explain to himself to, to his generals. Ear. And also, why can yeah. Rat Trap overhear it on the radio? And why is he saying it really loud on the radio? Okay, but like, why don't they just have like internal? Like, yeah, like, well, like, or like even like headphones. Like, you shouldn't, <laughs> doesn't matter how loud <laughs> my headphones are, you're not going to hear it from down that far. Like, like, why is the radio outwards? Like, it's uh, because that's, that's <laughs> just how the, look, that's just how the, the um, fourth and fifth laws of robotics work. Okay, that's why, <laughs> that's why they had the, the physical radio that, um, that had the yellow submarine song on it and uh, that Silverbolt had. Well, that's different. They also let everyone can enjoy the same music at once. Brian <laughs> <laughs> actually just had to make sure that he designed yeah, it that it's way. Just, it's, just, it's a weird thing. 
It's yeah. like it's like in in Metal Gear Solid, like if they just overheard, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. So we cut back to to Rat Trap, who yeah, who overheard the entire conversation. He's like, oh no, I gotta stop her. We then cut to Black Arachnia, who has like this almost like VR headset on. She got the new Oculus Rift model. She's yeah. actually playing a let's see on an app. Yeah, and so as she has data sort of streaming in the background, we then it sort of does like this little turn, and we sort of see Megatron. It's almost as if they were like back to back, and it's like Megatron, and he's you know accessing her mind, and she's trying to. This is where know, she sees a bunch of cool. Yeah, she sees. A bunch of the the character models from Beast Wars from season three and and Rhinox and actually yeah it's weird because no no wait yeah it's normal because she's holy shit Silverbolt's head is way bigger than hers sorry it's got to that part in the thing it's like huge yeah zooming in on it though that's that's the weird thing yeah and it zooms in it's almost like he it's almost like he sort of boops her nose with his (laughs) nose. And uh, but then she starts to freak out, and as it turns out, Rat Trap had started chewing through a wire to to cut the connection. He's she like, whoa, freaks... "Whoa, whoa, don't kill me!" <laughs> yeah, like, he, he explains yeah. himself. Yeah, he's like, "Don't kill me, cause or don't hurt me. We had to stop you, other because Megatron's like trying to access your brain and find the hideout." Of course, it was. Over. Of course, he may as well not have because it didn't he wasn't fast enough. Yeah, because Megatron's starting to. He he gets enough data to try and get the computer to identify the location, uh, but she smashes the computer on the ship, and well, which stops they, the computer. They smashed, yes. they smashed it because it also made a backup of her memory. Like it did a yeah. flash, a flash thing. So even though he was no longer in her mind, he could try and get that information to, yeah. to narrow it down. Yeah. So there's some sparks flying in the cockpit. They're running to escape. And Megatron then orders the vehicles to attack. Uh, they enter in through a, a door and transform, and they're getting ready to, to sort of finish him off. And this is where we get the sort of Batman-esque scene where the ceiling of the, the building. Skylight. Yeah, it's a big skylight, and it, like, crashes. And we've got Optimus and Cheetor who, you know, sort of fall is this, in. Is this also where Rattrap explains the beast beast form hiding them? Uh, like he's like like he's like saying they can't they can't find us if we're in beast form so yes i think so, he mentions that as they're running out of the ship if i remember correctly yeah so you know we transform or we go back into beast mode and we're fine and then they step outside oh, yeah. and they're right there and it's like unless they're standing unless right they're standing right outside although <laughs> the last time they were standing directly in front of him pointing a gun at him they couldn't see him so that was a little weird True. well they yeah. couldn't hit him they were yeah. they were having trouble shooting at him um so we get a bit of a a standout. It's like none of them can hit each other at first or at all, really, because, I mean, we've got Tankor, Jetstorm, and Thrust all shooting at all four of them, and Optimus and Optimus is shooting at them and absorbing, absorbing blasts and shooting back at them, and Cheetor is deflecting a bunch of shots, and nobody's hitting anybody. And so Optimus flies up with Rat Trap. Cheetor grabs Black Arachnia and jumps up and... I guess has super jumping powers as well because he's able to clear like what I want to say at least four stories. Either that or it's bullshit with his gliding sword thing, but yeah. that seems ridiculous. But who knows? But uh, so they run along the roof as the the Autobot shuttle gets shot up, 
and causes this big explosion in the building. So they all jump off the roof. They land on the ground. And as they look on at the, the building on fire, Rattrap's like, I just want to point out this was not my idea. And then we've got Optimus who is upset. He's like, that was our, that was our shuttle. Like that was the ship that brought us here. And he's like, what were you doing? He's like, you could have, you know, he, he's getting upset again. He transforms and Cheetor is like trying to, you know, sort of calm him down a little bit. Um, Blocker Rattrap's about to say something to, you know, try and explain and block a rack. And he's like, well, no, don't not right now. Um, and we sort of get Optimus giving them a bit of a guilt trip. He's like, I lost the entire planet. He's like, do you think I want to lose you all as well? And, you know, they all sort yeah, of look so he's at another. Yeah, he's, he's also overly protective of them on top of being really angry at them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, he turns around and we get this scene of sort of zooming in on his face. And we've got the flames reflecting in his eyes from the building. And he gets, you know, this furrowed brow. And that's the end of the episode. So that's where the flames for the past come from. Yep. We got the pun. What what? It's not yeah. a pun, it's just, it's just a reference. Nah. how that works. <laughs> or Silver Sorry. Bowl is a flame from the past. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. I approve of this message. So yeah, overall thoughts on the episode? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like it's it's kind of like animated a little goofily and it doesn't it it just like weird little bits of it. Like I said, we didn't really mention it a lot. I just mentioned it once, but like the whole episode Blackheart here really is making like he's just like constantly making mouth noises and it's kind of weird. I don't know why, because he's never done that before. There's this little tiny like itty weird things about the episode that it's not as good uh, visually as the previous two, but mm-hmm. I think the story was good. And I did like the comic panel things that he did. It, yeah, it's adding to the overall plot while also adding to like the lore and more knowledge about their abilities. And yeah, it's it's cool. I I thought I th- I think the what this what this show has done so well so far, and I I hope that they don't introduce any more characters anytime soon. But I really like the the tight small cast, and then even within that, they're still sort of doing character features, character focus episodes right off the bat. Um I really like the I really like the generals. Um I like how crazy Megatron is. Uh I actually really I think that this episode kind of doubled down on the visual style uh of of it looking very like they look like yeah, I said it's just like it's it's like it's reboot. Like it's very like you're in a computer simulation or like inside of a, inside of a computer, there's a, mm, computer chips everywhere and stuff like that. Uh, I, I really, I really like the style. Also, um, the thing is, I feel like there's not as much happening in a given episode. Like, I feel like we get through the, we get through the, um, the summary a lot faster than on some of the, on some of the other episodes of, uh, of beast wars. Uh, just because the this the show it, it's it's slowly painting a picture and to tell one story instead of having a bunch of subplots or and we haven't I'm sure there will be filler episodes but we haven't run into any yet. Hmm. Um, it just seems like it seems like they've they figured out the type of story that they're wanting to tell 
and they're they're executing it really well. Like you can, re- yeah. I can, I can tell that they went into this saying, "I'm gonna re- we're gonna write a, a we're gonna tell a 26 episode story," as opposed to we're just gonna make episodes of the show and kind of sort of throw in you know a big a big a weird plot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, overall, I mean, I. I did notice some some animation glitches over the course of it. But, I mean, it's good that we're seeing, especially off the start, because, I mean, the start of Beast Wars, we we started, I mean, we had those first two episodes, and then it sort of immediately went into character episodes, like building up the characters. And from here, because we've already got these fairly established characters, we're sort of just moving the plot along. And it's... You know, certainly making sense, especially in this episode with trying to find some answers. And we sort of learn a bit more that, okay, they do actually have it's not that they're it's not that they are ignoring the others is that they literally cannot remember them. So we're actually learning some of the extent of the amnesia that they actually have. Uh Yeah. And and the thing is, they because the cast is so small, they can they can have extended action sequences and develop the plot and develop the characters. Cause yes, we do have a baseline for these characters, but this version of rat trap is a different version of rat trap. This version of black arachnia is a different version of, of black arachnia. Optimus yep. and Megatron are very different from uh, previous incarnations. So, Oh, definitely. So, I mean, there's still, there still is room for character development and they're doing it. It's just that it, it seems like, they've they've cut out sort of the 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 filler or the excess it just does feel very much more back to basics with this which uh, i think is i think is why it's working so well so far now we'll see there's still 23 episodes i guess i'm i might be getting ahead <laughs> of myself but i'm yeah i've 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 just really enjoyed it and it's just like like it's easy to watch the episode twice you know the 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 sty- the style of the action is interesting and, you know, I, I don't think I would want to binge watch it, but like mm-hmm. watching one episode a week is, you know, it's kind of it's it's kind of a neat little thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I think it was I think for the most part, I aside from, you know, the, the few glitches and whatnot, I think for the most part, it was a pretty decent episode. I mean, it's certainly keeping the pace up and moving the plot along, which is which is nice. And we haven't had any really big you know, plot wise, what the fuck moments yet, I think. Yeah, not not anything. I mean, not anything that that wasn't the intention. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so we finished the episode. I know we've got a fairly big news post. Plus, I think we've got a couple of questions this week. Does everybody mm-hmm. want to take a quick break and then we'll tackle those? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Sure. Sure. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, hi, I'm Molly, a trans girl living in Seattle. Hi, I'm Ashley, a trans girl living in Florida. And I'm Jules, a trans girl living in Sydney, Australia. We're hosting a new amateur anecdotal advice podcast about what it's been like for us being trans. We'll be covering topics such as coming out, realization, experiences with HRT, thoughts on surgery, romance, and family. You can find us at TM Radiocast on Twitter, and you can send in questions to transmissionquestions at gmail.com and transmissionradiopodcast.tumblr.com. Join us three on what it's all about being trans in your mid-twenties through our own, frankly, weird and wonderful experiences. Yeah. 
And we're back. And we've got a uh, another news post from Casey this week. Uh, quite a long one from, from what I had seen thus far. So, of course, for any listeners out there who want to uh, define Casey on Twitter, she's at Lady K Hirsch. So uh, starting off here, hey there, BCs. Remember how I was worried we wouldn't get any big news in the few days between recording? I was totally wrong. Let's dive into this bountiful harvest before Megatron sends his generals who actually have good designs after us. First up, filming for the Bumblebee movie is officially all wrapped up. Also, it now has an actual name, Bumblebee the movie. I'm surprised. Do we already know that? Do we know that already? I think we knew that it was the Bumblebee movie, but I don't think we knew if there was an official title per se. Yeah, like I assumed it was to be Bumblebee the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That seems a little too on the nose, though. I mean, yeah. I would have just called it Bumblebee. Yeah. Was there like, a question on TWA not that long ago about favorite dumb movie the movies? The movie. Yes, there was. Yeah. 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 And nobody brought and, up Transformers the movie. Yeah, I know. I mentioned that on our Transformers movie episode, I think. Yeah. That yeah. I did forgot to bring it up there because I was on that episode of Powering It, but like, <laughs> I forgot that it's what it was called. I thought it was called Transformers, right? Like, not. Yeah. But yeah, I, I forgot. It's called Transformers 2009. <laughs> so, uh, we also get a look at Bumblebee's head design for this one. It's pretty basic Bay first B head, but with some nods towards his VW Beetle alt mode in the design. But yeah, it's like an antenna. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 70 days and filming is already over. It's weird to me that it will still be over a year until this one actually comes out. That is a really short amount of time to film a, a movie. 70 yeah. days. Yeah. Huh. I mean, compared to, compared to like, the, now, mind you, I am i can't totally recall, but 70 days seems like an awful short amount of time compared to the other movies, I think. Well, this well, is they, a, like a smaller movie. Like, I think, yeah, I think that true. seems like a reasonable amount of time for a, a small to mid-level movie. Like, a lot of movies yeah. are filmed in a weekend. <laughs> Maybe that's a little exaggeration, but, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're making clerks. Like, yeah. Or a talking, or a talking cat. No, I think, like, I think, like, I don't know. I Now I'm gonna be making stuff up, but I want to say, like, 20, <laughs> 20 days or 25 days, a lot of smaller films are, like, that's, that's the yeah. block of time. Because, I mean, okay. people do three or four movies a year. Like if you're spending, you can't be spending six months filming a movie. True. Well, okay. unless it's like Lord of the Rings or something. Right. I was going to say yes. the last couple of Transformers had multiple locations. So that might've added to the, that's true time. too. And yeah. I mean, every, every Transformers movie is a globe trotter. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the Transformers movies are kind of the extreme in, uh, like extravagance, like bloated budgets, they cost, mm-hmm. you know, they cost six billion dollars to make and they only make five and a half billion dollars. <laughs> so, uh, so I, was, uh in- like, I like this Bumblebee logo a lot. It looks really good. Yeah. It looks very retro. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. Um, I do like the horns on it. I mean, it's, it this the cool. style of it just seems so. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Very so, Iron Giant. Yeah, that's that's isn't that what the director used to work on? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, continuing on with the news posts. Up next, we have a very unusual crossover promotion. This time, Transformers is crossing over with Japanese comedy duo Downtown. 
and then we have a link for the picture. The figure shown above is a retool of the head unit for Titan's Return Fortress Maximus Cerebros. It comes with two Titan Masters who transform into heads for Cerebros' robot mode, each head resembling one of the members of downtown. More specifically, they are modeled after their appearances in the reoccurring science laboratory skit from their show, Downtown Nogaki no Tsukai ya Arahende. <laughs> I think I, I think that, that was right. I think that was number forty nine on Let's Place. <laughs> <laughs> um or as it's as Casey has here, downtowns, this is no task for kids. That's what it says in, in brackets here, I guess. Um that these also bizarre... sounds like a game from Let's Place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, these bizarre head designs look like some of the weirder stuff from the G1 cartoon. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, 49 on Let's Plays is Deadly Premonition. <laughs> I always forget that there's more games than there used to be on Let's Plays. Because like, <laughs> Deadly Premonition was used to be like in the top 10. It's a good game. I, maybe it is. I don't know. I never played it, but I'm sure. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> but like games that used to be very high on the list are... Like, yeah, like now they're in the top 50 and it's like, there's lots of games that yeah, there's a lot of gonna, games on this list. He's going to well, they're over, they're over 200 now. Aren't yeah, they? they're going to oh, yeah. finish like any time now. That's right. That's right. Oh, no, I was just uh, humming. Life is beautiful. <laughs> OK, well, we're having a conversation. That's <laughs> about polite deadly premonition. Yeah. Oh, hmm. I. You would drink a bit. I get you. That's <laughs> fair. You're off the hook. Um, <laughs> so what we were saying? Uh, we were saying um, the face for Cerebros' head mode is still a mystery. Uh, also, no word on what changes they'll be making to the lights and sounds for this one. Uh, for those interested in buying this oddity, you need first need to buy the limited edition version of their Blu-ray for 8,032 yen. That purchase will come with a serial number used to place a pre-order for the figures between November 28th, 2017 and January 31st, 2018 for 9,504 yen. The figures themselves will then ship sometime in the summer of 2018. And Casey goes on to say, I'm sure all of you are very interested in purchasing the super niche product. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm equally as interested in purchasing this as just about anything else that uh, Casey talks about. (laughs) I guess that's good. So she goes, okay, okay, enough dilly-dallying. Let's get to the main events. We have two massive masterpiece reveals. First up, we have confirmation of pictures of MPM5 Barricade. She provides a picture. This sexy little number is modeled after Barricade's appearance in the first movie, transforming into a fully licensed saline S281 Extreme Ford Mustang police car. I remember the early pictures of this car. It looked very nice. Um, That's me personally, not Casey saying that. Um, (laughs) He also features a movable faceplate, meaning you can make his mouth move while you pretend he's saying, are you ladies man? Are you username ladies man 217? He also comes with his big old bladed wheel rotor weapon, allowing him to really put the punish into puni- to punish and enslave. I know I'll definitely be picking this one up as soon as I can. She asks if any of us are interested in this new release. I know not- Kendall will say no. <laughs> I was going to say, mean, the design is really nice. I mean, yeah. if I 
if I had the extra cash, this would be something that I would consider. Listen, I mean, there's a really, I we rarely see one of these stories that I wouldn't want to have. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure, like I, I just also not going to buy it because it's a lot of money. But if you're like, hey, I'm going to get Emily something for a lot of money, <laughs> that's something you can look at. <laughs> Don't get me gifts, though. You don't save your money. <laughs> Maybe if it was Ladies Man 2187. <laughs> so, last but certainly not least, we end this week with a detailed look at Ma- Masterpiece Dinobot in both Raptor and Robot mode. Uh, she's provided a YouTube link as well as a picture link and proceeds to say, I've linked both the reveal video as well as the, tom- I think she meant Takara webpage, which includes a three- Is it tomorrow? No, I'm just, I just said it Tomata. Okay. <laughs> it is Takara Tommy. Yeah. Mm. Um, which includes a 360 degree view thing towards the bottom. This amazingly show accurate figure will come with three alternate faces, the golden disc, and she says in quote, in brackets, did you know the Predacons stole the golden disc? <laughs> Maximals went after them. Yeah, they, they crashed both the ships. ships. Um, parts to simulate our funeral-loving friend's signatropic blasts. Yeah, it's got like these sort of like this green plastic piece that you can stick over his eyes just to indicate that he's shooting his eye blasts out. That I saw that that was pretty so, cool. So yeah. I've got a question for our yeah, audience. Yes. Does anybody that collects high-end action figures actually like the faces that, like, the multiple faces? I just think that is the worst thing. Yeah, I don't like it that much myself. I, I mean, it's, it's cool, but, like, for me personally, I have such a hard time keeping track of little tiny pieces. Uh-huh. So I'm going to switch the heads. I'd lose the heads. I'd, I would have, it's not a good thing for me. It'd be a good thing for other people who are better with their things. I, I, <laughs> I honestly think it depends on how how you display them, because I like I know for a fact that if I'm like going to be putting this on display or something like that, uh, I'd want to change the the option to have different faces means I could change to different poses or anything like that and and imagine different kinds of ideas. And I mean, yeah, you can still pose them in very in a lot of things like that, but the fact that the faces you can use a specific face for like a fighting pose or for him just standing there contemplating kind of actually feels a little more, you know, special, I guess, or realistic. So it's kind of a nice touch. Yeah. And again, I think it more depends on what, what you're looking for in a figure that you're going to use or, or display. I mean, because I display because the stuff that I, when I display stuff, like I want them to be able to hold all of their accessories. Like I don't keep the box. So, like, yeah, like, how are you? I mean, I guess you have like a drawer full of miscellaneous hands. <laughs> I know some people who do do that. Like, I just, yeah. uh, it's just, it just seems. I know. Yeah. It's like I said, it really depends. Like, I remember a friend once had a, a Evangelion, like, Unit 01 figure that had multiple limbs and stuff like that. Like, you, he had to keep the box uh, aside or he'd lose all the pieces because it had, like, a different hand for holding a gun, a different hand for holding Kaoru, because that came with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, different hand, like just different hand for just not, you know, just fighting or or just like with nothing in it. So like there was interchangeable parts, but you had you had like a little plastic thing that he had to keep them in mm-hmm. or they'd get lost. Yeah, it just it just seems I, I just it seems like one of those things that is 
dumb and extraneous and nobody actually likes. But I guess if Jordan says that some people actually like them, Jordan probably knows more people. Because <laughs> all the people that I know that collect action figures, I avoid talking about action figures with them. <laughs> for for me, I mean, interchangeable faces isn't a big selling point for me. If I ever did buy a, a figure that had that sort of a feature... I think I'd be afraid to take it out of the box for sheer, like, like you and M said, I'd be too afraid that I'd lose the pieces. I mean, so like I'd I probably have just keep it in the box. That I like that. Like I bought these like uh, Final Fantasy Nine Zidane and, and uh, Garnet toys, mm-hmm. and they have interchangeable hands. And I just like yeah. I never messed with those because I don't want to just lose them. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, yeah. yeah. And- I was gonna say it also might be the fact that a lot of high end uh, figures are are. Be are usually sold in a kind of like a not like a, a blister pack where it's like a the character with a cardboard back, but in a box. Uh, yeah. So that it basically is like yeah, if you buy multiple figures and stuff from this company or something like that, you just have like a small space that you keep the boxes with the extra parts, where as opposed to displaying them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, maybe 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 the higher end stuff they just basically have have like a setup that is a little bit easier to keep track of yeah yeah it's 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 like when i was talking to the guy uh about funko pops and i was telling him how they look so much better if you take them out of the box and you just put them on display you know you just display them that way and he's like yeah but then you have to store the boxes and i'm like yeah that's you're missing the point (laughs) (laughs) You'll see that yeah with funko pops where it's just the figure in there i don't see why you would want to keep the box well, you know, so you can have value because, <laughs> you know, that Martian Manhunter Funko Pop is worth $50,000. So uh, and they just keep going up in value. So there, oh. that's how it is always going to be for all eternity. Funko Pops, you know, that Burger King uh, Pokemon gold card things are. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many Funko Pops my son has. It is way too many. It's like a lot, and they are all in the box. Well, you know, they're that's you know that's that's some that's some real money. They're I I assume they have at least doubled in value since he purchased them. Uh, I don't know when the company as much went value public, as, I, as all the uh, Marvel uh, X Men cards that I got. Yeah, right. Or Although Beanie I Babies. Think when the, <laughs> I think when the company went public, I think their shares tanked. If I remember reading it correctly. Anyway, um, well, if the company continue. goes, if the company goes under, then they won't be able to produce any more, and value will go true. through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because it wasn't like a billion produced. Yeah. I anything. have, a, I have a business degree. I happen to know <laughs> that things like Funko Pops are uh, are not a trend at all. They have super staying power. Okay. Yeah. And that's your business report for the episode. <laughs> So yes, continuing on with the news post. Um, so yes, it, it has the uh, the simul- part to simulate the the signature optic blast, uh, his sword and spinning shield weapons, which become his raptor tail. Uh, additionally, he has adjustable eyes in raptor mode, and his eyes can glow red or green in robot mode. Uh, yeah. He comes with his own modular display base, a first for for a masterpiece figure. Uh, now, all these extra goodies, as well as the fancy engineering used to make him, means he won't be cheap. He's currently up for pre-order online at $250. Wow. 
Yeah, way out of my price range, according to Casey. She says, I suspect a lot of that is due to the high parts count, a necessity to pull off the show accurate look and transformation. This puts Dinobot at just a bit over the price of the previous most expensive masterpiece, the recent redo of Megatron, which is listed at 230 Megatron also has a very high parts count to pull off his cartoon accurate look and transformation, as well as a plethora of accessories. So she goes on to ask, so what do we think of Masterpiece Dinobot? Uh, she also says, I forgot how big he was compared to Primal in the show. And I think it looks great and I want it so much. But alas, he's just way too far out of my price range. Unlike Barricade, I would like to get at least one Beast Wars Masterpiece at some point, though. Um, I mean, I, it looks really good, but yeah, yeah it looks 250 great. boxes is a it, lot I, of money. It's amazing how show accurate it is. I don't even yeah. know how that thing works as a puzzle. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't look like it should work, but it works somehow. And it has a little golden disc that he can hold and the eye lasers. I mean, the extra details, I mean, jack up the price, but they're nice. Like it's like, I wouldn't say like they shouldn't have done that. I think the eye lasers, it just, <laughs> it just looks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's mean, not cheap on he's he's actually not cheap on eBay. Uh, Dinobot, no. um, his original toy. Yeah, thirty to sixty dollars. So. Yeah, that's not surprising. But uh, but although well, that guy's oh, that's the Transmetal. The Transmetal one's a little cheaper. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, but still, like buy the original. Like, <laughs> be cool. Buy the original. It's cheaper and buy the OG. I don't know. Oh, I just that's just my yeah. That's my grumpy old man. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Casey closes off. uh, So I leave you all a question. Who do you want to get a masterpiece figure next? Anyways, I should get going. Optimus Primal is being a whiny yelly turd and shouting at me how guilty he is about something he knows almost nothing about. But wouldn't want to keep old Big Bot waiting. Have a wonderful week. Um, No, I mean, Optimus Primal. (laughs) I'd love to see a Uh, silver bolt one. Yeah. Um, especially with like maybe a couple of, with a couple of, uh, heads with, uh, and, um, would one be on a spring? <laughs> it has to be on a spring. Well, I was hoping for one with the ears drooping cause that looks adorable. But, uh, also I was going to say maybe like some of the other feather weapons that he's used over the series. Yeah, that can work too. Uh, another good one would be Masquerade's air razor. Just, I, I want to see them. Like, I don't know how they get from that, from that Raptor to this guy. So I'd I'd love to see them try to make like like Air Razor from the show turn into a Peregrine Falcon or an actual toy. I find it also interesting that like that uh, as Casey mentioned that the transformation is show accurate. Like yeah, you've, you've seen how weird some of those transformations have been. Mm-hmm. And so like the fact that these toys actually kind of mi- mimic that or mirror it in some in a in an accurate way is kind of weird to imagine. I think that the next person to get a master a masterpiece figure should be Casey because she seems to like them and she should get one for herself. <laughs> Treat yourself. Aww. Um, other than a uh, uh, Silverbolt, I was also thinking Rhinox would be nice because then you get those guns and like some high detail on the gun on the chain guns would be great. Yes, that would be cool. Like I can imagine them making a stand where she's just littered in in shells. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. But the Rhinox, I mean, Rhinox is already show accurate. That's what 
Yeah. Like, like some it's of them, weird. like, that's why she was saying a blah, 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 show accurate Megatron. Like, Megatron is exactly show accurate. And Rhinox is exact is like exactly show accurate. You know, there's obviously there's some that they took more liberties with, but like I don't think we need a fancy. Just get me a new. I need. I want a Rhinox, just a regular Rhinox. Like reprint the deluxe line, reprint that original line, and I'll buy um like at least one of them. Cool. It's a roaring. Ro- hmm? I Everything don't know. Okay? What, I'm trying to think of the word for that. Roaring endorsement is not the word, and I can't think of the word. <laughs> <laughs> Ringing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's probably it. Okay, uh, what question do we have? Okay, so we got a couple of questions uh, from Ryan Butson. We ask, so does Megatron just have all the planets' uh, sparks in in his lair, or are those brand new sparks? Well, as we were talking about, unless Megatron's lying, I guess those are all new sparks. Yeah. 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 Um. Honestly, though, I I kind of got when I first saw it, I figured like, oh yeah, he's 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 basically hiding them all away, is what yeah. I thought. Uh huh. That's the impression I had too. Yeah, but let's. There's spoilers, so don't <laughs> talk about that more. That's yeah. I, what I told what I told him in the Facebook is I said this is something that will be addressed. <laughs> yeah, because at the moment, uh, Prime does not know. Like he he fully believes that they are the last like the last ones on the planet. Mm-hmm. Chicks really Which... dig you when you're the la- when they think you're the last of something. <laughs> Why the last fan? So uh, I was going to say, I am kind of interested, like how it's uh, now that the generals are around, how that's going to affect him, because then they're going to tell him, like, you know, they had sparks. So that means that there were other sparks around. So that might actually be, you know, that might bleed into like his his, uh, you know, like the guild and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Anyone Anyone else have any comments? No, no, I think we just about covered it there. Okay, and then we had two from the uh, Twitter from Gwyn at, at Witsuaru. Hey, Gwyn. Uh, a giant statue of uh, is erected for you on Cybertron. What are you triumphantly holding aloft? Um, probably a sword. I was hoping a Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. Um, two gold records. <laughs> nice, nice. I don't know. <laughs> records work? No, they're like literally like gold records, like from like meaning oh, that oh. I sold a hundred thousand copies of two of my albums on Cybertron. <laughs> I think you should dream. I think you should dream big and, and imagine them platinum. Look, I don't want to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> Is gold record a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand? I uh-huh. honestly forget. I mean, now I'm questioning myself. Like, I mean, I I know it's like uh, there's. I know that there's actually the there's records for like each for like at least three landmarks and stuff like that and just nice frames of of uh and stuff and awards that they can give. Okay, it's five hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I'm glad I caught myself. It must myself. be a million for platinum. Yeah, a million is platinum. Ah. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to hold up like Sonic Forces, M. Um. No. No. <laughs> no. I do like that game. Um. Maybe like I don't know. I guess. I guess. I, I, was hoping, tales I was hoping you guys forgot about me and we're going to move on to the next question. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess, like, my skills is art. So I guess a sketchbook and a pencil or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be nice. It's boring. It's a boring answer. Work. No. 
Song Force is good, but it's not my life, Jordan. Jeez. <laughs> as, as excited I, like I was po- for those for those OCs, I love that shit. It's so good. Well, I like Pokemon, but it's not probably the best thing I can do in life. Yeah, I, I'm Jordan. I'm pretty sure you should be holding roller skates. <laughs> my ro- on TWS. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I can't do any of the extreme stuff that they do in those those shows. You would still be a lot better than any of us. <laughs> oh, probably. Maybe you could on Cybertron, though. Yeah, I bet you the gravity's different. Curious. Wonder. <laughs> anyway, we got more questions? Or... Uh, we got one more from uh, Futch Mucus Membrane Cassidy, uh, also known as What Is Cosplay? Hey. Yo. Uh, what would your alternate form be if it had to be a vehicle? Ooh. I've wanted this question for a long time. <laughs> uh, my alternate vehicle, uh, because I am a child of the 80s, would be an 86 Pontiac Trans Am, because then I could be the Knight Rider car. Well, if we're going like an advent, I would definitely want to be a DeLorean. That'd be awesome. Mm. But I'd um, have to actually think. I would be a 1996 uh, five-speed Honda Accord with only one... Uh, Hubcap. <laughs> was that your first car, Kendall? Wasn't my first car, but it was my first love. Uh, <laughs> you know what? The best car I ever owned was a 1990 Honda Accord, so I can I can share that sentiment. Now, now did this question specify like what kind of transformer? Could I be like a, a vehicle? It says vehicle, so yeah. Has to be a vehicle. Yeah. Horses are vehicles. <laughs> I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be a vehicle. Um. I'd put, I yeah I guess maybe like a, I'd be I want to be a plane because then I could have, I could be a flying transformer and that's always fun. Mm-hmm. So like a jet of some sort or yeah I mean uh, one of the ones I can hover VTOLs those ones be like that VTOL oh, like a like a Harrier or something maybe yeah like I can start a Harrier but I think there's a new kind of jet that can do it called VTOLs or like however you pronounce that word but yeah those mm-hmm. things yeah um, that'd be cool. Cool. Yeah, I think everybody answered the question this week. Even though like more like a, or like a really comfy pickup truck. <laughs> no one wants to go. In. No one wants to go for like the shield helicarrier. Oh God, it's too big. Yeah, you have to listen to what I say now. <laughs> if Cassie was here. She might pick something like that size. <laughs> so, yeah, there's our questions for this week. Uh, does anyone have anything they would like to plug this week? Um, I'll still plug my friend Dan Howard's uh, Game Apartment 1C. Uh, he's been streaming stuff for a while now, and he's it's been a lot of fun. And I hope to see you there on his Twitch stream sometime, maybe. Cool. Usually Friday nights. So mm-hmm. probably after you've heard this, it's already happened again. But he it's a weekly thing. So. And how about you? Um, you can guess me on other podcasts on Audio Entropy. I've got Homeworm and Infinite. <laughs> That home for infinite losers, tears of attitude in pursuit of passions. Uh, and that's all of them. And, you know, besides this show, of course. <laughs> and um, you get me on Twitter at this is Emeralds. Cool. Oh, what about your Tumblr? I was just going to skip it, but sure. Dangerous- <laughs> I haven't updated it in like forever. I'm bad. Dangershare.tumblr.com. Nice. Kendall, how about you? Um, yeah, uh, so you can find everything I do at KendallCast.Ninja. Um, this week, uh, the second episode of That's What We Called Music will be going up uh, where we are discussing uh, Backstreet Boys. It's 
as long as you love me. Um, and also, uh, either this week or sometime around this week, whenever I feel like it, uh, my interview with a friend from high school, Ben Marshall, uh, for waiting on of waiting here for every man or uh, my, the episode of waiting here for every man where I interview my friend, Ben Marshall about his music and stuff. Uh, will be going up and that may be the last waiting here for every man for a little while. Cause I'm out of people to interview. Uh, so if you're interested in being interviewed, then reach out to me at K Hallman. If you're music Uh, yeah, but, um, also that's a, since there's going to be maybe a, a break in episodes, uh, listen to waiting here for every man get caught up. Cause there's, it's like, the podcast that I'm probably most proud of, of anything I've ever done. So that's awesome. Uh, As always, you can find us here on audioentropy.com. If you liked what you heard uh, or anything else that's on the website, uh, we always appreciate somebody hitting the donate link, uh, sending a few bucks to help with the maintenance of the website as well. If uh, you want to join our community or audio entropy or teenagers with attitude, we are on Facebook for us in particular, it's facebook.com slash group slash war and beast podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at war and beast. Uh, I would say the email address, but we still have yet to have gotten any emails <laughs> at all. Uh, aside from email junk mail. Us. Uh, Anything. The, e- <laughs> the, the email address. Of that's course. a funny picture of, of Optimus prime. You saw on a meme. I don't know. Just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Our Talk email address is warrenbeastpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. And if you want to follow me, even though it's mainly just retweets and the occasional random funny thing or something that I'm supporting somebody else on, uh, you can follow me on Twitter also at Greg C M U N on Twitter. Uh, I probably should post more on Twitter, but I'll I'll figure out something eventually for it. But yeah, there it is. It's been another week. Episode three of season one is down. So for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been Kendall. Let's roll, folks. Terminal. Con. Boulderize. 